Rally. What's up? You ready? I'm ready. For another week? Another episode. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Talk Shop Podcast. As you guys know, the Talk Shop Podcast is a platform that allows individuals to talk about their jobs, hobbies, passion projects, and just cool stuff that they have going on in their lives or cool stuff out there in the world right now. We kind of had to change the intro a little bit there because <laughs> we're not doing so much the traditional, I guess. Changing it up for now. Yeah. Hey, how's everyone doing out there? Excited about this week's episode and it's going to be a good one. We're not doing vinyl like last week we promised or kind of mentioned. I wouldn't say promise. It was <laughs> a, a quick thought, <laughs> but I think vinyl will be next week's episode. For sure it will Gotta it's gotta be out. it's gotta yeah, be it's now gotta, we, we, we've been teasing it too much i guess now <laughs> but yeah before we get into this week's topic a rally what's up know, what movie podcast book music are you indulging in right now i honestly feel like i don't have anything at the moment new from last week besides the fact that i did finally finish the punisher and it was great that's all i gotta say the Punisher was great. I yeah. still haven't checked it out. Uh, I'll get on it. Get to it. Um, other than that, honestly, everything, I mean, in a week, I haven't really had a chance to sit down and watch anything or listen to anything new. Mm, I think two weeks ago, you mentioned that you were reading the book, The Four uh, Arguments or Arrangements. The, what is it? <laughs> the Four Agreements. The Four Agreements. I was close. Yeah, I'm almost finished with it. Um yeah, I mean, it's it's very, I don't even know really how to explain it. You just kind of deep, like dig deep into the four agreements that he mentions and he further explains them and it's just really good to read every morning. You still enjoying it? Yes. Yeah? All right. Maybe we'll talk a little bit deeper about it when you're done. Yes, maybe next week because for sure I only have, I think, one more chapter left. Oh, okay. So as for me... I will say I saw this movie about a month ago and I totally forgot about it, but I saw the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse in theaters. Mm. It's a, it's a Marvel. I think Marvel. Cause it, I don't know. It's so crazy with the whole politics behind movies. I know yeah. Spider-Man is currently owned by Sony, but Spider-Man is Marvel and they kind of allowed them to use it. So I think it might be a Marvel or it's, <laughs> It might be a, a Disney movie, therefore. Really? Yeah, it's hmm. all politics. It's weird. But that movie was amazing. Okay. And it was uh, animated. It was really good. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It The direction and all of the visuals in it were really amazing. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool to see. It's very different. And I don't know if you're familiar with the whole Marvel universe and all that. Not really, No. no. I mean, just a few, like The Punisher's Marvel. Yeah, that is. Um, but I'm not very, I don't follow it. You know how people are like, oh, it's a Marvel yeah. movie. Like, uh, that's, yeah, no. no. <laughs> All right. But, dude, it's so crazy to me that Marvel is doing everything right right now. Yeah. It's like, I don't think they've taken an L in a very long time. Yeah. So, you know. So, that, what is the movie about? Like, is it Spider-Man based? It's, uh, yeah, Spider-Man based, but... I believe it was a comic. Like mm -hmm. it's based off of the idea that there's like different universes. Oh, so okay. e each 
different universe or planet, you could say, mm-hmm. is a, a different Spider-Man. The Spider-Man that you know, Peter Parker, yeah, he's the Spider-Man of our Earth, of our dimension. Oh, that but, sounds interesting. Yeah. The, um, if you're into comics, the Flash is also very big on this whole concept. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so in this movie, they kind of open a portal. And so you have like five different spider-mans of their dimensions come over to ours and they're just trying to go back to their realm Mm -hmm. but the graphics is just insane it was really well done actually sounds like something i'd want to watch maybe i'll watch it yeah it's uh it's funny because peter parker and then you have uh the introduction of a new spider-man uh i think michael morales or something like that Mm -hmm. and then like i said it's spider-man of different dimensions so it's like Peter J. Parker, and <laughs> that's funny. They just had a a brief or initial, <laughs> yeah. And then there's a, a Porky Porky Parker, and it's like a pig. Yeah, he's like a pig Spider Man. <laughs> that uh, sounds weird, actually. <laughs> it was really funny though. It's a uh, really good, but uh, and then on top of that, um, Post Malone did a song for that. Oh, and okay. ever since that, I've been like really heavy into Post Malone lately. <laughs> So that's like my my music go-to right now. Okay, so there you go. You linked both of them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've been on a little Post Malone. Uh, kick. Like, yeah, <laughs> kick. Very heavy right now on that. And I actually did just finish up another book about a Silicon Valley startup called Bad Blood. Okay. And it kind of goes in a little bit into like today's topic. And I think we'll do an episode on that next month. Okay. Uh, let's talk about today's topic. Yep, let's do it. So January 14th, Hulu released a documentary called Fire Fraud. Four days or two days later, Netflix released a documentary called Fire Festival, the greatest party that never happened. Okay. So right now, these are very popular. This is a very popular topic right now. So it's very controversial, right? You can say that a little bit. Mm -hmm. So we're... I don't know. Should I think we might have to put a little bit of a spoiler alert here because we're going to get into it. Yeah. But so there's these two documentaries out there. One's on Hulu. One's on Netflix. Uh, those documentaries will go more into detail. We'll cover more details, but we're going to cover it and kind of give our point of views and even just bring in other information. Mm-hmm. But yeah, today's episode, we are going to be talking about the Fire Festival. If you haven't seen these documentaries or know nothing about it, the Fire Festival is this festival that never happened. Legit. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was actually working at the time. I, it was on a Saturday, and all of a sudden, I started getting all these like alerts, mm-hmm. like talking about it. Yeah. Uh, an infamous picture of like, these people posting a picture of this piece of bread with cheese on it. And then they're like, this is a gourmet meal at the fire festival. Mm-hmm. That was like the first thing I I saw of the fire festival as it was happening. And what, through what did you get notifications through? I got it through Twitter. Okay. And I'm not even a big like Twitter person. Like you just have it? Yeah, I had it. Back then I was actually like, getting off of twitter okay and i got an alert on it and then i think i got a facebook alert too Dang. and 
I wasn't even on Facebook either. And then eventually it did show. I, I started going on Instagram. I was like, okay, what is this? Mm-hmm. And then that's where I started seeing it. Now, this was 2017. Okay. Fast forward now. Mm-hmm. And now these documentaries come out. And it, it goes into full detail on the yeah. incident. Uh-huh. At the time... I wasn't very social media influenced or heavy. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of thought of it as a festival that was planned and then everything went wrong. Yeah. And it turns out it was nothing like that. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, you had told me about it. I watched the documentary. Honestly, I was shocked. I was shook, you guys. I was so shook about seriously how everything went down. But um, I'm excited to get deeper into what happened. With that said, for everybody that doesn't know, the Fire Festival was this festival that was supposed to happen in the Bahamas. It was poorly planned. It pretty much wasn't planned at all. Exactly. People flew, like, because it's in the Bahamas, you had to take a flight out there. Bands started, br- like, pulling out of the festival as people were landing in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And then people get to the site. Because it's in the Bahamas, part of their purchase of their ticket was to stay like in these nice villas and all this stuff. And then it turned out that they were little FEMA tents. Yeah. It was just FEMA tents, white little bubble tents all over the beach. And people who were paying thousands of dollars were supposed to stay there. Uh huh. People had paid thousands of dollars for like these luxury meals. And they were giving like pieces of bread with cheese on it, not even cooked. It was just like, here you go. It it was a mess. It really, really was. Now, I think to fully understand this story, even though they're covering the same topic, I think both of them work well together. So they're just different perspectives, right? Because I only saw the Netflix one. Yeah, the Netflix one has a lot more footage. So you're actually seeing everything like, unfold (laughs) unfold and break down as it's happening yeah and then on the flip side of that i feel like the hulu documentary was more interview based okay and they actually had the guy who was in charge of all this Mm -hmm. billy mcfarland Mm -hmm. and they actually sat down with him and interviewed him it was cool to see the point of view from his eyes right but at the same time I don't think he like gave that much information either. Well, of course, it's going to be a, a little biased just because he probably doesn't want. I mean, he looks awful already. Right. But he doesn't want to be like, hey, I'm this awful person. This is what I did, even though everybody already knows. But you know what I mean? Like when no, you yeah. talk about yourself, you're not going to be like, I'm a shithole. You know what I mean? Well, it's funny because he mentions like how he kind of became this so-called entrepreneur. Mm hmm. And like when he's telling a story, I was kind of like, you're saying it with pride because mm-hmm. he is proud of it. When he was very young, he learned how to hack like the computer system yeah. at school. And he told people, hey, if you like he was a little kid and he got the computer to hack saying like, hey, if your crayons break or something, like come see me and I'll fix them. That's so funny. And to him, he was like, this is like the first sense I had of an entrepreneur and like he was very proud of that moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when I heard it from him, I was kind of like, it's a little sleazy. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it just kind of rubbed me personally the wrong way. Yeah. And I, I kind of didn't see it the same way that he saw it. Yeah. 
I mean, it makes sense because he, it's his perspective. He's proud of how he got there. But you're seeing, you've already seen the fact of how he fucked over all these people. Yeah. You know? And that's actually very true because I didn't think of it all like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I already have this negative opinion of exactly. him. Exactly. So mm-hmm. my my opinion was probably a little biased already. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's good point. Solid point. One for you, really. Oh my gosh. You mean all <laughs> of them for me. <laughs> I'll say this. I think I'd rather the Hulu documentary was a podcast because mm. it wasn't so much visually taking. Yeah. It was more, all of it was more interview based. So okay. I think I would have liked it more as a podcast. Mm-hmm. And then the Netflix documentary had a lot to watch and a lot of visuals a lot of visuals so i think that would they nailed that part of it but uh like i said to get to get into it to see how everything developed billy mcfarland he created this thing called magnesis and it was like a credit card Mm -hmm. so it turns out that this isn't a credit card all he literally did was figured out how to remove your debit card or credit card black strip on the back of the card Mm -hmm. he learned how to take that off and then he bought a piece of metal like a sheet metal shaped it down to a credit card size Mm -hmm. and then just put the magnetic strip onto that piece of metal so it's still your debit card and your credit card Mm -hmm. but he just like enhanced it so it looks flashy yeah i when i was watching the documentary it said that he basically just made it an in thing like it was it was this heavy card that when you put it down it would make like that noise and it was just attractive you can say for all the people that were in that world of uh trying to be like high end yeah like and they constantly refer to it as like the millennial black card okay because the american express black card like Mm -hmm. they wanted to be on this level yeah and this was their way of doing it Okay. In addition to that, he did turn it into like a club. Mm-hmm. He charged people annual fees and then he provided them perks like tickets to events, first access to like Nick's tickets or or whatever, like a concert coming up. This mm-hmm. was his thing. It was like pretty much like credit card companies do. They go, look, you're first in line to get so-and-so's tickets because you're, you're a an part American. of this. Yeah, you're a part of this club. That's what he did. So he did like events, two clubs I think he had. So Mm -hmm. he kind of gave them access maybe to like a little bit cheaper bottle service or just pretty much even introducing them to how to get bottle service. Yeah. And then the big thing was this thing called the clubhouse. And it turns out it was just an apartment, a business room that he rented. Mm -hmm. And he just offered people that were part of the membership to go in there whether to do their business stuff during the day. And then at night they would move all the tables and then they would do like beer, food and things of that nature. So it was just a place to allow people. So he was very good at making people feel special in a way, uh, making people feel special and feel welcomed and in that crowd, right? Yeah. I think if he would have went on with this venture, Mm-hmm. he could have done things mm-hmm. like Definitely. he obviously found uh, something that people wanted and he was providing them. And, you know, nowadays I, I have a capital one credit card and then 
they're constantly sending me like alerts like hey we got first dibs on this concert like zach brown band or the big artist like hey you're first in line because you're a capital one holder yeah capital one even now has like banks where they do kind of do the same thing like come in and get like pete's coffee Mm. or come and chill here and do your business stuff so he was definitely onto something he was for sure but it was that lifestyle he wanted that black heart now mm-hmm. now here's the bad side of it so he claimed to have like all these members it was nowhere near what they actually had okay and then but they were like if you crunched the numbers i still think he had i think he had like a quarter of a million in annual fees yeah that's he had still a good amount of money that's still a good amount especially for somebody that like him that he's an entrepreneur and this is just him starting off, right? So yeah. that amount of money is huge for somebody. Yeah. I want to say this too. I, you know, on the podcast, this is something I'm very passionate about. And I think people sometimes fail to step out of their comfort zone and do things because they think that things that they're passionate about or that they want to pursue are dumb. Mm-hmm. This guy literally made a frat and he charged people. And this is what he was doing. Yeah. On that, I just, I think there's a a lid for every pot, I guess is the same. (laughs) So, you know, you might have an idea and you think it's dumb, but there's dumber stuff out there, guys. And people will do it. It sounds mean to be like, oh, people will fall for this dumb thing. But if to you, it's not like you're dumbing it down, but really it's not dumb. You know what I mean? It's like you're just thinking about it in a different way because it's something that seems out of your reach yeah but it's really not and you're just like oh it's dumb like i shouldn't want to do this but really just go for it and that's what this guy did yeah he went for it he got there but then something happened yeah (laughs) and even on this like so those concert tickets i think he just wanted to live the life Mm -hmm. so all of that seed money he was spending so he was pretty much throwing out these events like hey buy these tickets Mm mm-hmm Pretty much, he would constantly do it because it was like using one cost to cover another cost. Yeah, so he was making money for the next event. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it it was always like a hole that he was dug in. Yeah. It uh, was never paying off. Yeah, it was never paying off. This venture, he was fun. He actually got funded by some guy who ended up becoming a, a fraud himself. And he ended up dying. And that was the end of this, pretty much. Of the Magnesis? Okay. uh, Of the Magnesis card. That because he was always like trying to dig himself out of a hole, some of the perks that he was offering that he never was able to fulfill on. So there was always that problem as well. But, you know, in all honesty, I think like he did have an idea and he Mm -hmm. sold it and... If he would have carried on with it, I think this guy would have got everything that he wanted. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's really important to cover because it just kind of shows you the way that this guy thought and the personality, Mm -hmm. what he was really chasing. He wasn't, to go back a little bit, I had, we did an episode called Love Brands where I said that like, if you're passionate about a brand, like things will work out for you. Mm -hmm. And I still truly believe that, like, this guy had a great idea. 
And I think he liked the idea, but he loved money more than he loved the brand. Yeah, definitely he loved the money, but I think loved the idea of fitting into that lifestyle, but he never had, he never really had the money, you know? So it's like, yeah, he loved the money, but it was just for looks. Oh yeah, for sure. You know? It it was all an image thing for him. Exactly. That's what I was trying to get to. It was just like he was trying to put this front, this image to everybody else. But he wasn't, he never really had that money. Yeah. You know? Quick note. When I started doing research on this, I I was reading articles from like back in like I think 2014. Mm-hmm. Because that's when all of this was happening. And then nowadays because of everything that's happening with this documentary... Like, I found a bunch of brand new articles. So there's even, <laughs> by the time you listen to this, there'll be, like, probably more information on this credit card company. Yeah. It, the, but, yeah, just, if this intrigues you guys, yeah, I see new published articles of right course. now. Of course, yeah. Okay, so then now he has this failed company under his belt, and he does come up with another great idea. Me and you don't have the booking agent for Drake or Kendrick Lamar like on our phone book or Mm -hmm. we can't easily access it on the internet Mm -hmm. so then he's all like let's create this website that puts these people on there and then Joe Schmo can go out there and bid on them and if they like it then they'll show then they'll win their contract yeah they mentioned it was um basically an uber for artists or something oh yeah an uber for artists so you can basically like quote-unquote order your artist <laughs> and you know pay for it or whatever yeah it was a it's a great idea again mm-hmm. so at this point i think he says that he got the idea from um trying to book jaw rule i think for one of the magnesis okay jaw like rule's a, really big into this thing too the yeah and Fry festival yeah so they got introduced because back when magnesis was around he tried to book them for an event mm-hmm because he actually did successfully book other artists for the Magnesis Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And I guess at one point he said he was trying to book Ja Rule. And it, it, like, you know, it was like, well, he met this guy named Kenny that said, oh, I can get you Ja Rule. Kenny told him, oh, you got to talk to Larry. And then Larry's all like, well, everybody, you need to pay. And then finally, when he got to Ja Rule, he's all like, hey, let's come up with this concept. Right. Yeah. And he's actually getting it going. Mm-hmm. He has people working for the company, working on the so- or working on the algorithm, the application, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. They're really working on it. Yeah. And these guys really, it sucks too because now you have all these people working on something that you can tell that they were passionate about. Of course. You're a part of the team. Yeah. And it was like they had a real job and real, like something that they loved. And when they're working on this application, these guys, uh, Billy and Ja Rule and all these other guys who aren't really in to the whole website thing, they come up with this great idea on let's do a festival. And this is the beginning of the end of it all. Yes. <laughs> these guys. Or let me let me just say this. Do you remember Coachella when it first came out? When it first came out? Yeah. No, I don't think so. 
since you learned about Coachella, mm-hmm. every year hasn't it been getting bigger and bigger and bigger? Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like it's, I had heard about it, but I didn't really know anybody that would actually attend it. And then the next year, my friends were going. Then the next year, more of my friends were going. And now the entire world is going. Yeah. Now it's even two weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it it's insane. Even EDC yeah. out in Vegas or, I th- you know, I've heard crazy stories about EDC from people older than me. I'm in my 30s, people, I think close to 40. Yeah. And they would tell me, hey, I used to go to this like warehouse in LA <laughs> and it was EDC. Dang. And then now look at it. It's this huge thing in, in the Speedway in Las Vegas. You know, all these things start very small. Of course. And it's kind of like you're learning, you're learning from your process. Yeah. That And that's the way it goes. Like, unless, unless you probably have years of experience and you're a mastermind, then maybe you could start a really huge festival. Mm-hmm. But these guys are pretty much wanting to go from a walk to a marathon. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. Well, because I feel now on social media, it's easy to put up this kind of like a a vision without it being real. Yeah. Like uh, to go off of what you were saying, they had huge media campaign for this thing that wasn't real. Mm-hmm. They That wasn't real yet because I feel to them, they had the vision and they knew what they wanted except they didn't know how they were going to execute it that's uh that's exactly what it was Mm -hmm. when you tell yourself oh i want to buy a brand new car but you have no money you haven't been saving you you don't know how much your monthly payment is going to be and then you it's like you literally go to the dealership just grab a car and then your first bill comes in and you're like how am i gonna do this yeah Mm -hmm. damn i didn't think this (laughs) part through yeah, and I think that's definitely what happened to them throughout this entire process. They went way in over their heads. Yeah, so it was just a mess. And I think one of the things that stands out a lot, like when you're watching the documentaries, is a lot of people around them knew that this was going to be a tremendous failure. Whether from outside in- influences to people in the organization, mm-hmm. they're like, this is this is a mess. But I think only, not in the beginning, that's what I want to say. Not in, I feel like in the beginning, they, ha- they believed in his vision, they believed in what he wanted to accomplish, and they were on board. It was w- the fact of when they had to realize what they needed to set up. For example, when they realized there was no plumbing on the island, how were they going to fit? How many people did they have sold the tickets to? Like over a thousand something people? Oh, it was well over a thousand. So they promoted they promoted this festival on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, paid uh, huge influencers. It was like Kylie Jenner, um, that Victoria's Secret model, well, Bella Hadid or something Hadid. like that. So they paid all these influencers to post about this festival that was going to take place in the Bahamas on a private island that was previously owned by Pablo Escobar. 
they got in trouble because they were told not to say that. And yes. then right away they did. So right away so they, they got pro- moved off of that island. Yeah. And then now, but they had already sold all these tickets promoting that this is what was going to happen. And they had pre-sold villas or whatever they purchased. Right. And now they were stuck trying to figure out what island they were going to stick these people in. So then they went to, I forgot what the next island name was. So they finally went to this island that had plumbing. So they were like, woo, we have plumbing. Great. It didn't even really have plumbing. Really? Yeah. It was just more established. Okay. It had better plumbing Mm -hmm. than the previous island. A little bit more established, but it was nowhere near ready to accommodate 5,000 people. That's what the- That's how many people? That's how many people were planning on attending this event. That is insane. Even to go in a little bit further on that, like I said, this island is a little bit more established. Billy being Billy, we talked about that, him digging himself out of a hole. Mm-hmm. Billy started telling people that, because he needed money, Billy started telling people, hey, this event is going to be cashless. So you got to load all this money on a like on a wristband, and that's how you're going to use your money. Yeah, so that was his way of getting money to pour into the festival because he didn't have the money. Yeah. But even so, even if this worked, the internet connection there wasn't that well. Yeah. So, so how were they going to access their money? Yeah. On top of that, festival itself used that money, mm-hmm. but everything else you couldn't. Like right. on that island, they're not supporting this fake money. <laughs> and. Like, you mean the local places around the island? Yeah. Uh-huh. And even to say this, in both documentaries, they didn't cover this. But I recall back then when it happened that people kind of saw what was going on. And when they were trying to get off of the island, they couldn't even get a cab or anything like that because they had all this fake money. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't have real currency. It was like a virtual yeah. who knows what type of money. So. Even like some of the people from the island, they couldn't help them because it was like, well, shit, you don't have money. How am I going to get paid? Yeah. It was a big deal back then. Mm-hmm. I, I know neither of the documentaries covered it, but I know that this was an issue. And I mean, you're on an island, so they want their money up front, right? They're not looking for this virtual money that possibly doesn't even exist. Like, little do they know, it doesn't, you yeah. know? On a, on another note, so one of the things to backtrack a little bit, I, I mentioned that there was people involved in it that knew it wasn't going to happen, and they even they even said themselves like, part of me was hoping that things would fail ahead of time, so that maybe people wouldn't have shown up, like early on in the process. You mean, yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, that's really good to hear. Mm-hmm. But I think some, like even, even sorry to backtrack a little bit further, there was people telling Billy that it wasn't going to work and he just fired him. Yeah, well, because like we were saying how one thing after another was failing. The fact that they didn't even have the correct location was already like, well, you're expecting to go to this private island, but really you're going to a different island and now you don't even have anywhere to stay or you're staying in these tents and that's not what you paid for. So the people in his team were telling him, Billy, where are we going to put these 
5,000 people. There's not even enough room on this island to put them on. So why don't you just call it off, give these people their money back, and that's that. But Billy had always this saying. Do you remember that saying that he always kept saying? It was like, you find a solution. If you're not problem solving, I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah, if you're not... If you're not it it was pretty much with like finding a solution. Yeah, like we're not here to f- oh, we're not here to find the problem, we're, we're here, here to, to find, a find a solution or something around those lines. And that's great to have and to think, but there was no solution to this. He didn't have any money. He didn't have where to put these 5,000 people. Everything was going wrong. From the magnesis, he didn't have a moral background. Mm-hmm. Him finding the solution to a problem was selling something that he didn't have to dig himself out of another hole. So it was basically lying. Yeah. And he did the exact same thing during the fire festival. Yeah. And that that was to his mind the way of finding a solution, even mm-hmm. though it wasn't a real solution. And here's a fun fact. He even asked one of the guys on his team that is gay to go and take one for the team. Do you remember that? Yeah, this is actually a pretty big deal right now. Yeah, I was so shocked and so sad that this happened to this man. So Billy asked, do you know his name? Uh, No, but right now he's like just got on Instagram and pretty much trying to ride the wave of this. Dang. Well, he he basically asked, Billy asked this man, take one for the team. We need however many the, gallons of water. It was, so what had happened was all the water for the festival was stuck in customs. Okay. And customs wouldn't release it until they paid the tax on it. Mm-hmm. And Billy's solution was to get this guy to go down on another man. So that they would clear customs. And that was him saying, hey, take one for the team. Go give this guy a blowjob. And this man, oh my gosh, when I heard him say this story, how he just went home, took a shower, he was flew wherever he had to go and was so ready. I was so sad to hear him say that. He was so ready to just take, literally take one for the team. And what this, the customs guy was like, you know what, just pay me later. Like, you don't even have to. Yeah. Don't like, do this. Just pay me later but the fact that billy had the audacity to go and ask this man to do that isn't yeah. that crazy yeah like, and you know what's funny i didn't have the same remorse as you really do, i feel so bad for him because this guy was part of the reason that billy was where he was at because he kept feeding the ego yeah i mean i would say so but Man, that's pretty low. Yeah, it's it's low. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but part of me, I don't know. I It was a whatever moment for me. And I know it's a huge moment for the documentary. People are talking about it, but mm-hmm. it was... Um, I didn't expect that at all. Oh. I really didn't. And when he said it, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. <laughs> I I like talking about this because, like I said, I didn't get the same reaction out of it. Mm-hmm. But they obviously wanted that rea- like your reaction from it. So I'm glad that that came across. It's accomplished, at least yeah. on my part. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, these people get off their plane. Oh, and immediately, if you watch the Netflix one, 
at least that's the one that I watched. Immediately, people were so like in the beginning, there's a footage where somebody's recording, um, a festival attendee's recording, and he's like, take like I want to go back because they were driving to the event, quote unquote, and the bus driver is getting closer to the villas that they think they're gonna be staying at. And they see tents and the bus driver is like, no, this is where you're going to be staying. And these people are like, no, these can't be where we're staying. We paid for a villa. And then they were getting a tent, you know. So you didn't see the Hulu documentary. Mm -mm. But in that documentary, actually, one of the influencers, uh, they showed her in the Netflix one. It's some girl. It Mm -hmm. was her and her boyfriend. They actually got a house. Oh, they actually yeah, got a house. So there was actually houses. Some people did get it. I guess I think it was. Uh, some people, I guess, did get it. I don't know how it worked out. It must have been the influencers because it the, wasn't all of them. Because really, it, there was actually some influencers that were stuck in the middle of it all. So it was, yeah, it was a freaking mess. And even Hot so, mess. that girl too. uh she was saying like she felt bad for everybody on like what was happening and then i guess like a couple minutes later on her like instagram story i'm assuming they're like dancing having a good time oh my gosh (laughs) it just never ends i'm telling you social media can be really deceiving so at the end of this all billy gets locked up he's in well okay so after this festival right uh, these people go through hell to get back. Netflix, I think, loses in this point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hulu does have the better perspective of the whole flight because one of the influencers was actually trying to get off the flight or off the island on the plane. And I think Netflix just kind of goes, well, they got locked in the airport. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that, so they finally, they were stuck in the airport they loaded up a bus load of people and it was supposed to be like 111 people. Mm-hmm. 112 people were on the plane. And because of them being in the Bahamas and following U.S. like protocol, mm-hmm. you can't have that. Right. That's so, just too many people. Well, not just that, because now you're like you have the whole issue with like papers and all that. Oh, OK. Documentation and all that. So they got everybody off the plane. They loaded them back on the plane. And then at this point, the flight attendants crew had been working too many hours (laughs) that they couldn't legally fly. So then they had to take everybody off the plane and lock them into the airport. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, yeah. So it was even a big deal to even try to leave the freaking messed up festival. Yeah, and because of... Some, I I don't know if it was only two planes worth of people that made it, but some people never even made it onto the island. Thank goodness. If yeah. you guys didn't make it, good for <laughs> you, honestly. And, but it even sounds like some people were already becoming skeptical of it. Mm-hmm. Like, because this is a big ordeal. Like, probably a lot of these people understand this was a very expensive festival. Mm-hmm. Tremendously ex- expensive. Expensive, sold out, seemed to be like it was the festival of the year. And I remember the documentary saying how the attendees, I think, were emailing 
Billy or whatever website. And it was about maybe two days before the actual festival or whatever. They were asking, hey, I don't even have my flight information. I don't know where I'm supposed to go, where I'm supposed to board. And so, yeah, people started becoming susceptible. And like, what did I end up paying for? Where did I get my money? You know, so if they didn't make it, honestly, it's probably the best thing that could ever have happened to them (laughs) because it was a mess from what I saw on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, I was... Yeah, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but let's take a little bit of a deeper dive on it now. So the popularity of this festival really came from a video that was filmed. Mm-hmm. And what happened was Billy Ja Rule and the Fry group, they hired a bunch of models and they took them to the original island. The Pablo Escobar Island. Yeah, and they filmed this this commercial. It was basically the promo- promotion, the promotion video, video and yeah. it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And it was like everything that you want. And then they started putting it. And then what they did is they had all these other people and even all the models that were there. They had them put an orange picture on their Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. It was like their was it their logo. Uh, no, it was just orange. I think their color might be orange. Okay, like um, but it was just an orange tile, mm-hmm. and everybody did it. Even people that were in like in the commercials yeah. or in the promotional video, yeah. they were doing it. Then all of them had the link for the promotion video in their in their feed. Yeah. So then everybody's seeing this, and it's especially the people that they were going after. This was like perfect because they're hoping that, you know, people that are probably into this type of stuff, they're following more than one of those influencers. influencers. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this is the high end people. Like, I mean, I would have never been able to afford a festival that much, you know, because the cheapest was like thousands. Yeah, it was in the thousands. So. Okay, so once again, don't quote me on this. The the tickets sold for five hundred to a thousand five hundred, but I don't know if like the thousand five hundred is like the flight, the ticket to the event plus the flight over plus the housing, mm-hmm. and maybe the five hundred was just like if you happen to be on that island at that time. Okay, so like locals, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. So let's just say for let's just say that a ticket costs you a thousand five hundred. Mm-hmm. That so that was like the minimum to get in, and then but they were selling like add-ons the whole time. Yeah. So yeah, this concert was ridiculously expensive, and one of the reason I I keep bringing up the influencers is because even one of the she wasn't in the video, but Kendall Jenner posted a picture on her Instagram, and it said like the Good Family. Or mm-hmm. good music. And that's Kanye West, her brother-in-law's music label. So that was kind of like they were going to perform there. Mm. And like kind of insinuating, oh, they're going to be there. Yeah. And even saying like that was for, like I said, people kind of know this. Mm-hmm. They're obviously probably in the know on these um, these festivals. They're not... I think everybody kind of had in their mind that this wasn't real because of the height of it. And it, to them, I think it was kind of like, how could they pull this off? Mm-hmm. So even though that 
they might go to festivals every once in a while. They kind of had an idea. Because even when you're watching the documentary, I don't know if you picked up on it. Mm -hmm. People even in the airport were saying like, is this going to be like the greatest weekend or a total mess? Yeah. And you heard it. You heard it a little bit in the background. So it, to me, I took it as even fans kind of knew that this was surreal. Yeah, because it was so hyped up. Yeah. That you were really like, is this real? Is this going to happen? Yeah. But I think kind of like Kendall Jenner putting out that good family promotion kind of like was a little reassuring, I think. Yeah, because it's Kendall Jenner. Yeah. And so now this is where it all comes in current day. Mm -hmm. So Kendall Jenner and uh, Holly. Bella Hadid. Uh, what's her name? Bella Hadid. The Bella Hadid. Model. Yeah, the model. Uh, Bella Hadid was in the video. Kendall Jenner had the pose. Mm -hmm. Their agency is actually part of the lawsuit. And Kendall Jenner and uh, Badid is. Yeah, Bella. Bella, Bella is um, most likely going to get subpoenaed. Because Dang. that they didn't put it on Instagram that this was like a paid advertisement. Right. They got paid like two hundred and fifty million. million. Yeah. I don't freaking know how much. So they got paid tremendously for this. And because they didn't put that it was a paid promotion, they're most likely gonna get sued, have to pay some money into this whole class action lawsuit. And even Going forward, this is going to be a big hit on not just them, but this is like all influencers. Right. And I think that's um, that's why now on Instagram, when influencers do post something that's a paid advertisement, it will say pay ad paid advertisement. And they also hashtag hashtag ad. Ad. Uh, what is it? I've had the talk shop Instagram has been uh, like a business account. Mm -hmm. since i created it mm -hmm. and that is a recent feature so that yeah. hasn't always been there so obviously they're kind of it seems like they're one step ahead of the law on this it's they, like to protect they, yourself yeah so this is all unfolding now mm -hmm. the internet has always been an uncharted territory and people have gotten away with a lot of things on this and because of this, the, now you're seeing it. Now you're you're going to see it firsthand. Yeah, for sure. Like, personally, how do you feel about it? Do you think that they should be doing this? You mean ads? Yeah. Or? Like ads. I mean, that's honestly how they make their money as influencers. And their fans will react to whatever they post. So... I mean, I don't 100% agree because it makes your followers, not makes them, but guides them to doing things that they think these people are doing. You Naturally. Know? Yeah, but you're really just getting paid for it. Yes. It's not like something, like was Kendall Jenner even going to attend this Friday Festival? Yeah. You know, is that is that really a thing? Maybe she, Maybe she was, but... I don't even think she was there. So why even? So she posted about it, got maybe like what, 10, 20 people to go, but she wasn't even going to be there. Like she didn't even know what was going on. So that's not fair to the followers. That's just how I see it. Yeah. You know? And uh, 
No, I totally agree with you on that. I think I think you should put it out there because you know what? I'm an adult and I probably know better, but there is younger people following them as well and they don't understand that. Yeah, a lot of young people that still don't realize that there's that type of evil in the world, yeah. you can say. And even, hey, I know some 18-year-olds that they'd be making me think about this. <laughs> They're like, bro, you know they're not really about that, right? Yeah. And so, But that's just how social media is. You get so caught up in it and you don't realize that it's not that concrete realness. Yeah. It's still, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a pretty picture. It's a tough world in the social media, honestly. You have to be alert a lot of the time, especially when it comes down to things like that. If it's small things whatever but a big thing where you spend that much money and where these influencers are influencing you to be interested in something that they don't even truly believe in half the time then that's a big deal yeah it's a good one let's finish off really quick and talk about billy billy pretty much in my eyes two to three times had a very good idea that was very promising mm -hmm. and he screwed it all up himself. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Magnesis, maybe that's not my cup of tea, but he honestly had people that were buying, buying it because he was offering something that they wanted. And if he would have followed through with it, who knows? Maybe one day a credit card company would have bought him out mm -hmm. and he would have been like running that department yeah, on this like luxury club. Mm -hmm. this like little add-on to the credit card you know and he he messed that up mm -hmm. then he comes up with the fry app and turns out that jaw rule is pretty much attached to another company right now that is doing the exact same thing oh yeah i did see that in the documentary i think it's called icon and yeah something like that i wouldn't even doubt it if it's original like people and they just are kind of like adding on to it. Mm -hmm. Part of me kind of hopes that because I think they were onto something. And you could tell there was two sides of this business. And people were really passionate about one side. Mm -hmm. So I really hope that. But at the same time, part of me doesn't because it's like, I think we had enough of Jaw rolling. Yeah. That. He was too involved in the Fry Festival and it's just too much. Yeah. And the festival could have been cool. I think if he would have slowed down, he might have had something there too, but... You know what? It was cool. Um, In the documentary, it says how the real festival was the videos, the promotional videos. That's when they really happened, were those two promotional videos because that's what it was supposed to be and that's what he wanted it to be, except his execution wasn't there. And also about Billy how he's great at doing all this stuff. Even I think somebody who works for him was saying how well he does with selling you on something that he was so good at selling you that he could sell anything to anybody. Yeah. So he had, it reminded me of uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. The Leonardo did a movie on it not that long ago, mm -hmm. but it was the same thing. His, like, poten his potential was there. Yeah. Uh, so after this, what's up with Billy? He goes to jail. 
he gets out of jail on bail and he starts like another fraud thing. Oh my gosh, yes. So, you know, this was something I kind of felt all along like he's just a con artist to the fullest. That's all he is. Yeah. He doesn't care about business. He doesn't care about any of that. Uh, I think you said it earlier. He cared about the image. That was mm-hmm. it. And once he did that, it just proved to me that there's nothing that anybody can do to save him. Yeah, he was too far deep into all this fake stuff and lying and, you know, throwing people under the bus and doing whatever he had to do to try to make his image real. But it was just failing one thing after another. Yeah. And then he gets convicted to six years in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh I had read somewhere else that the FBI was getting him for wire transfer fraud as well. And I I read that it was 10 years. But I don't... Everywhere I'm looking says six years. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they're trying to convince or convict him of that 10-year sentence on top of it. So maybe he has 16, but as of right now, I'll say six. Dang. Yeah, I mean, like you were saying, there's a lot more articles coming out, so maybe there's more lawsuits coming out. You just, you never know. There was a lot of bad things that happened. Yeah. So, you know, this is a a pretty interesting story, pretty entertaining. You know, you saw a lot of chaos. If you watch the documentary, you see a lot of chaos, whether from the planning to the people that were there trying to escape the whole mess. But... Netflix did a good job on covering this on there was outside people hurt, not just mm-hmm. not just people working for Billy or or people who put in a ton of money on it or even people that flew out to it. Organizing this in the Bahamas, you had a lot of locals working on trying to get this done. Pretty much nobody got paid. Nobody. People... Those tents didn't just happen to pop up. Locals built them. Nobody got paid. Mm-hmm. They also built the stage. They built a whole bunch of stuff that was supposed to be used for the carnival. And yeah, nobody got paid. Not even a dime. Yeah. And uh, in the Netflix documentary, they actually, throughout the documentary, sat down with this lady who was the cook. She was feeding people the day laborers. She was feeding them throughout the whole setup process. Mm-hmm. And even the day of the festival when people started showing up, she was still feeding people. Yeah, they were. So the festival people were actually routed to her restaurant, right? Yeah, on like a different resort. Yeah, so. So she took care of a lot of these people. And her name is Marianne Rowley. After this documentary... Something actually really good came from it. In the documentary, she was crying mm-hmm. that I think it was $50,000 of her own money came out to pay for the food and for the workers. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And actually, I think that was just paying the workers. I don't even think that's the cost of the food. So, like, she had 500000 out of her own savings that went towards feeding and paying people. And she got nothing out of it. Nothing. She didn't get reimbursed. She didn't, nothing. And she was like crying at the end of it. And she was talking about, 
you know, that she hates talking about this and she just hopes it's all over. Because she was so hurt. You have to think about these are locals and there's these people coming into the island and now you have people from the States coming here and eating at your restaurant. And what do you do? Deny them, you know? And so she was responsible for doing this. Little did she know that the festival didn't even have the funds to pay for any of what she was doing. And so she did what, you know, she had to do and found out that she wasn't going to be reimbursed and that she had to spend her own money. Yeah. And even though they're getting sued and all that, they're not part of it. They're not like citizens. So I'm pretty sure they're getting overlooked in every single which way. Right. It's like, well, they're not even in the state. So what does it matter? Yeah. So here it is. Uh, somebody created a GoFundMe for this lady. And in 15 days, people have donated to her. And so far, they have $208,000. She deserves it because I felt so bad for her. She was in tears. She she honestly wanted to put this festival behind her. She said, I just want to be done with it. Erase it. Move on. Because it was something that hurt her, like legit hurt her in her feelings that this happened to her. So. Yeah. And this, it's still open if anybody's interested in donating. Uh, the GoFundMe is still available. You know, um, like Aurelie said, yeah, she deserves it. And you could tell it was real. Mm -hmm. And it was just her being a good person that she felt she was obligated to because she listened to Billy. Yeah. As much as, you know, it was... Like, if it did pan out, sometimes it's kind of like, well, look at everybody that he, like... Influenced. Well, like, in her mind, she was probably thinking, look how many jobs, like, he gave. And if I didn't help him, then I would have been the reason that all these jobs didn't happen. Right, So yeah. she was the probably the whole way just thinking with the, her heart instead of her head. Like, she would have been responsible for the jobs that would be taken away. Mm-hmm. And then, so I think, you know, it it, it 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 was very genuine, I think. And I'm glad that people, somebody thought of, hey, let me create a GoFundMe. So, there were a lot of people that were affected by this whole scam, fraud, whatever you want to call it. So, I don't know, just have, the, have that in mind. I honestly feel for those people. And that must really suck to be in that position. Yeah. And I think that about wraps us up. Uh, we covered a bunch on this. I kind of didn't want to cover everything because I think the I think the documentaries are still really good. Mm -hmm. Like I said, the Netflix documentary is very visual, so I highly recommend that one, guys. Uh, go check that one out. You can sit down and see the footage because billy and ja rule were pretty uh egotistic is the word so they were documenting everything and you see everything unfold and you see people who actually were very moral mm -hmm. and they're like bro this isn't gonna work and they send them on their way and that was something i wanted to touch on on this episode too like just always follow your instincts and your have a moral compass guys 
in business and anything, you have the power to hurt people. Mm-hmm. And it's your duty as a good citizen, as a good person, to kind of always take that into consideration. Never chase happiness at somebody else's expense. Yeah, check yourself first because it can, like this guy basically screwed everybody over, but he mostly screwed himself. Yeah. You know, so it's like, do you really want to go in that deep? No, just don't do it. All right, Aureli, I think that wraps us up. Any last thoughts on anything how you feel? I just want to tell you guys that this is honestly a really interesting documentary. I really would suggest you uh, checking it out um, because it can definitely open your eyes on anything future, like future festivals or future events that are going to take place. You know, don't just fall into it just because of these influencers or because of social media. Make sure... You know, you're putting your money towards something that's been around for a little while, you know, and if it doesn't seem real, it probably isn't. So this is definitely a good documentary and I really hope you guys check it out. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, Next week's episode will be on vinyl for sure this time. (laughs) And make sure to stop by and say hi on Instagram and all social media. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and google play however you listen to us uh subscribe and yeah see you guys next time hope you guys enjoyed and if you guys love what you're doing keep doing it have a great day you guys